Okay, hey everybody, welcome uh, back, and uh, this is, uh, we lost some chips again. Yeah. Here we are. I don't I'm, know what episode we're on. I don't we, know either, but. As usual, we had quite an ordeal bringing this to your ears. There were some, <laughs> there were some audio difficulties, Yeah. So, and uh, somehow I got them figured out, Paul, but I'm Paul, not sure how. He doesn't know how, but he worked hard on the technical side, and yeah. Viviana and I just took naps. Yep, that's yeah. basically what happened. Yeah. And uh, so, but anyways, here we are. And, we did it. Uh, and by we, I mean Paul. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, it was frustrating. Yeah. Um, before we jump into stuff, how's everyone doing? Pretty good. It's good. Great. Yeah. What, what cool things happened in your <clears throat> life since last time? Um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, nothing cool happened in Viviana's life. Yeah. Was it cool or not cool? Yeah, it, am I okay? This yeah, from, uh-huh. that would sound good. Okay, I, I'm not leaning in. You should probably. You're probably fine. Okay, um, so I reached a new milestone in my new hiking hobby. So, by the way, I've gotten into hiking over the last few months because um, it's one of the only ways I can get. Um, consistent social interaction there's a group of friends that goes hiking every wednesday anyway that's been good but uh it's also revealed the frailties of my human body specifically my bad knee but this wednesday this past wednesday i successfully finished a hike without my knee hurting because i i ended my hike early (laughs) i was on that same hike and that's right i didn't have to stop but i like to call your knee a bum knee yeah uh, Anyways, yeah, I started hiking too. I went on that same hike. That's right. That was good. Social interaction. Also, and exercise. uh, Yeah, one of my friends is having a uh, a baby shower, and she invited guys and girls to. It's like a Zoom baby shower, and she wanted us to give uh, to talk about our favorite childhood books on there. And I had a hard time thinking of a childhood book. That was like my favorite. I mean, I still remember their names. I remember some books I really liked as a child, but I don't remember their names. And um, so I wrote a childhood book instead for the child. It's about a tardigrade. It's called Tommy Tardigrade. It's it's pretty good. It's scientific and nerdy. Uh, it's for the discerning child. Anyways, that's what's new with me. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, the other day I flirted with flirted with a, a cute uh, Uruguayan woman who I learned in the course of conversation is 10 years older than me, um, which I would never have been able to tell. Um, and I'm in my late 30s, so, but she looked great. She was very nice, and nothing is going to happen there. <laughs> yeah. so, anyways. But I still got it. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> hey, well, let's move, let's jump right into our topic. Is that awkward? <laughs> I thought, I shared it because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> All right. It wasn't too bad. Okay, well, that's good. So along those lines, breakups. Yes, so we're talking about, um... We're talking about breakups. Um, specifically, we're, we're talking about an article um, from from a long time ago, <laughs> but with still relevant information. Uh, it's by M. Gawain Wells. He's I don't know if he was a professor at BYU at the time he wrote this, but he was when I was at BYU. Um, but the article's titled "Breaking Up Without Going to Pieces." Um, and yeah, full disclosure, 
We didn't realize this earlier, but this article was from 1982, before Viviana was alive. No comment about whether Bryce and Paul were alive. <laughs> um, but uh, I, so I think it's got a lot of good insights. I think the the principles are sound. I think the applicability has shifted a lot since then, um, just because of what dating looks like now. Um, you know, especially in a pandemic, but, um, yeah. Anyway, I thought the title should have been called, uh, Diagnosing Problems in Your Dating Relationships. Cause that, <laughs> that's really the thrust of it, right? Yeah. I mean, he is talking about, like, how to break up well, but he's also talking about... Why relationships don't why, work. Yes, and why, why breakups are even necessary. Um, anyway, I thought it was a good article. Hmm. Uh, sir, full disclosure, I didn't actually read the article. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but... We pause right there! So, <laughs> you gotta tell us! <laughs> but, so, okay, Paul is great on the technical side. He's really great on the technical side. And usually I'm pretty good about reading the stuff too. I don't know why he didn't read this one. No, I, it was just like a super We should edit week. this out. We should edit this out. Nah, I think it'll be funnier. Um, okay, well, two-thirds of us have read it. <laughs> yeah, and but I was reading other stuff. So I did I did read Viviana's outline, and then um, and then I was, like, thinking about some other stuff that I, you know, that I had read about previously. And so I kind of went and read that stuff. So I got kind of distracted and didn't read there. He read his own material. It's okay. Kind of, yeah. That's basically what happened. Um, I'll give you a B minus. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you a B. I'll, I'll give you a B. Wait till the podcast is over and okay. then grade. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give you a, a pre B. Okay. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, so I'll rely on you guys to talk about the article okay. itself. Um, yeah. I also agree with my partner, Bryce, here. Uh, I did like the article and I think it has a lot of really good pertinent information that is just general good breakup information that good relationship good relationship information. information i i really appreciated a lot of what he had to say i thought it was great yeah but i you know as we were talking bryce and i we were talking about how for whatever reason um you know dating has changed the landscape of dating yeah. has become a lot more different because of social media you know we know what a person's profession what their height you yeah, know we know all yeah. sorts of information yeah. because of social media yeah. prior to actually meeting them yeah and so it does change the landscape of dating yeah because because i thought um you know breakups and dating in general have just changed in the timing and the frequency for our demographic at least which is you know we're, we're outside the haven of YSA years. Um, you know, we're educated professionals, educated single professionals. Um, so if you don't know what that is, that's a young single adult that's uh, in our yeah. church, right? That's uh, 18 to 31, right? That's 30, right. Or to 30, 18, yeah. Um, single. Um, you know, I think I think nowadays so much of so much of it is front loaded kind of like you're saying viviana that we we know a lot more information up front you know like on a dating app for instance you know um uh or on facebook um and so some of the natural what used to be a natural process of evaluation in the dating world uh is like we're able to do that up front immediately which there's pros and cons to that but um i just think it's different um Sure, you're dealing with a very um, 
truncated set of information when when we do that, right? Yeah. I mean, because someone's dating profile is doesn't it can give you kind of a general idea, but it can it's it's definitely not as big of a picture as you would get interacting with someone several times. Yeah. You know. But you know, for instance, like on Mutual, the premier LDS dating app, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, you can see where they're from, um, their height. Um, their profession, yeah. if they served a mission, and, and commonly in in the open response part, you know, you, you say if you've been married, if you have kids. Commonly, you don't have to, but you know, um, if you're even active in the church, um, a, a lot of people on there are not active in the church or aren't even members, um, or or they're fake profiles. <laughs> um, a lot. So, sounds like you. Know. Sounds like you have an experience about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I I have a friend who thinks a lot of them are fake, and I think only some of them are fake. But um, I don't think I found any when I was on there. But yeah. I could be wrong. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Because um, <laughs> I mean, because fake like... profiles. If it's a robot, it will ghost you. But real people ghost you too. <laughs> by by which I mean ignoring. I mean I know like technically ghosting is like when you're doing a breakup and you don't communicate. But I, I'm. Using ghosting more generally for just being ignored by people, yeah. which is very common um, on dating apps. But this doesn't make sense. The robot would be on there for some purpose, right? Well, it is its purpose. I don't know. Its purpose is just well, to ghost you. Usually, it, it's to try to get some money out of you or something, right? Yeah. I, I, so you're like right. on, I do wonder what the purpose is. There used to be another one called Elias Linkup, and I would get these random connections from girls in Russia, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and they clearly weren't LDS, but on the profile, I would say stuff like, you know, they would talk about their religion or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they were trying to sound LDS, I think, but it's clear that they weren't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. So you're probably right. Mo- there's probably not too many robots. It's mostly just flaky people who don't check the app much or don't like you. Anyway, sure. we're on a tangent here. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. It is a tangent. Uh, anyway, yeah. I thought it was a good article. Um, uh, what? Why are you yeah, Why are you raising so, your eyebrows at me? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> she did. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, where are we going? Yeah, that. So am I. So am I. Okay, um, uh, there was something else I was gonna say about this, just off the bat, but I can't remember what it was. So never mind. Let's just let's get into it. If you wanna, I will say it up front here. If you, um, uh, one of my favorite podcast episodes ever was a This American Life episode called Breaking Up. Hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I can't, it's, it's not the main host doing it. It's some, I can't remember what her name is. It doesn't, but anyways, um, she she tries to write a breakup song with the help of Phil Collins. And, uh, so that's why I had this Phil Collins song in my head earlier because, uh, because it's playing a bunch of cheesy Phil Collins songs during the whole episode. Hmm. And what she talks about is like when you're in after a breakup, like, you're just totally embracing the cheese, you know, because you're just like, you just, you want to listen to all that cheesy. You want to wallow stuff. in your feelings. That kind of. M. Gawain yeah. Wells would probably say, have something to say about that. I bet. You don't know because you haven't read it. I don't, but I've <laughs> but, heard that name. Yeah. Well, he did talk about a person who had, I guess, after they had broken up with someone, they continued to loop the same song over and over and over in their apartment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then one day they came out of their room and they said, okay, I'm done. This yeah. relationship is over. I'm yeah. moving on. You yeah. know, <laughs> this person's not going to love me any longer, you know. And I was yeah. actually thinking about that as well, how it's kind of a funny thing that, you know, there's so many different types of love songs 
But there's, I mean, there's so many different types of songs, period. But, like, I would say maybe 70% of songs have yeah. to do with love. And yeah. I, I like half of those or more than half of those. I feel like there's more, like, pessimistic, sad breakup songs about that are, yeah, that about are all about, like, let, let us work on, like, let's just talk about how difficult love is, right? Or they... Yeah. Or they, you know... Most Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. Let's just talk about how miserable I can be because you're not in my life anymore. That's kind of yeah. like the motto. Although, to be fair to know. Taylor Swift, I don't know many of her songs, but but I know some of them. And one of them is about how they're never getting back together. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> and that one's a little more empowering, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are more like, you were losers the whole time. Yeah. I just realized it now. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. I know what the thing is I was going to say, which is that... The whole concept of breakups, it's not its not outdated, but it's less relevant. Breakups in this sense, where the, Wells is talking about in this article, where there's actually been a relationship that developed. You know, maybe it wasn't a sufficiently good relationship to progress to marriage, you know, but, but it's assuming that marriage was the goal, uh, which isn't, we can't assume that in, in our demographic anymore, unfortunately, at least at any given moment, right? Um uh, you know, in any given moment, a person might, that might be the very, very, very last thing they want in their life or even want to think about. Um, okay. But anyway, just the whole concept of breakups, you know, from an existing relationship is, is less relevant than it used to be because so much of, of dating is, um, not really relationships. It, yeah. It's pre relationships. Yeah. So it's like pre breakup, you know, <clears throat> yeah. it's like, you know, me messaging some girl that I matched with and, Maybe she'll respond to me. Maybe she doesn't. If she doesn't, then that was a pre-pre-breakup. If we exchange a few messages and then we stop talking, <laughs> then that's a pre-breakup. You know, and those are very common. Yeah. It's yeah. more, you're saying that nowadays people deal with more rejection, whereas in the past it might have been a little bit more of a breakup because you took Susie on a date yeah, five times, and, and you know. Of course, obviously there was this, this kind of thing existed back in the days as well, right? There's tons of... It's not like you went out with anyone immediately when they asked you. Um, so, but but I think that's much more the norm now, where we rely so much more on technology. Where again, in our demographic, we're busier. We, we you know we're trying to keep our lives full with activities and stuff, and and we don't always keep up on our apps. Um, and you know, and maybe that's like our backup plan anyway. So we're not putting our giving our full attention to it. Um, you. It's kind of like our wish list, and so we're yeah. ultra picky about, you know, what happens there. And Anyway, so it's all, all more complicated yeah. than it used to be. So our first topic is about what is a rejection really? What does it mean to be either broken up with or rejected? Yeah. And what does that really mean? And yeah. uh, one of the things, I was talking with a friend this week, and he said something really poignant. It was something along these lines that whatever happens in a rejection, we have to be careful not to label ourselves as a reject. So mm. a lot, you're just being rejected. You're not, you're not a reject. It doesn't mean that you're secondhand material. Uh, he said that people have a tendency to label themselves or overreact, you know, when things don't turn out quite like how they would like to mm-hmm. have them turn out. And I don't know, I think that's a really interesting idea. I was talking to Paul earlier about how, you know, if you you look back at our ancestors, if they got rejected, 
that meant, you know, we're talking about our earliest ancestors. If they got rejected from the cavemen? pack, yeah, the cavemen, oh. or who who knows, Whatever. the earliest or the or, earliest, you know, yeah. hunter gatherers. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So yeah. if they got rejected from their pack, that meant their livelihood because that, you yeah. know, I mean, you can't survive on your own yeah. if you're. If you don't have a clan, yeah. Uh, there's a reason you know, why in the- Le- Lehi's family, you, for all their discord, you know, Laman and Lemuel never said, "That's it, we're going off on our own expedition," and which would have made things a lot easier, I think, for both parties. But yeah, they didn't because yeah. you'd die in the wilderness. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except for when they actually started having families, and then they separated. That's true. Well, and they end. had they were in the promised land, and they had space to, and yeah. the opportunity. Yeah, because they they became more agrarian. Sure. Anyway. There's a podcast I was talking about. When- Until the Lamanites started becoming plunderers. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, like the robbers. Um, yeah. No, no, just less I, agrarian. It's true. I know I've heard some on. stuff that talks about, um, from a from an evolutionary biology perspective, uh, like Viviano was talking about, um, yeah, uh, some scientists think that um, we've built such a, we've we developed such a strong negative reaction to to breakups because, uh, yeah, because um, it, people that uh, that actually got cast out of society died, <laughs> and yeah. so so if you if you somehow found a way to like not get cast out, you know, and just get along with everybody, make things yeah. work, then you're yeah, so, more likely to survive. Yeah. You know, so there's an incentive kind of to to not be an outcast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's Nowadays a, we, a, we cater to it, right? It's like be your own thing, be as weird as you want to be. Yeah, um, kind of be independent, kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know. Which, again, pros and cons, but yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I the thing about evolutionary biology is that you can always mentally gymnastics your way into any sort of argument there. <laughs> but that being said, that makes sense what you said. Yeah, right? but, I think so. Um, I think I honestly <clears throat> just think that. You know, sometimes a breakup is inevitable. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's like no reason and and any reason why someone might break up with you or reject you. And I, you know, it's just an inevitable process of life. And not not to say that you shouldn't feel bad, uh, but it is, it's it's part of life. You know, you're going to get rejected one way or or the other. If it's not a job offer, it's, you know, someone breaking up with you. If it's not that, like you, you... Things will happen in your life where you will be rejected, but I think it's really important for people to have a very strong sense of self because if they don't even, you know, if you don't believe in your own worthiness, then I think it creates so many more problems when you're going through any sort of rejection. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because it's like there's no one else, there's no other place to point blame kind of thing. So I think that's the, our natural tendency is to be like, well, they broke up with me. It's me. It, you know, like that Seinfeld episode where George is like, and she says, it's not you, it's me. And George gets really mad. It's like, don't say that. It's me. It's definitely me. <laughs> it's definitely me. Yeah. Kind of thing. And yeah. It's like, uh, if, a, if you're the person being broken up with, yes. then, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's already hard enough to be the person doing the breaking up. You feel like a jerk. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're like, you don't want that person. In to some cases, they are the jerk. In some cases, <laughs> are, you are the jerk. And, uh, Usually not. I you don't think. want that person to feel all the pain and whatever, yeah. but you're just yeah. not feeling it and you have to be honest with them, you know. Yep. But then when a person does that to you, you just feel, 
it's hard. It's natural to feel yeah. really bad about. It. Yeah. So I was looking at some of these. Well, did I cut? Well, I was just gonna yeah. say, in addition to that, uh, Gawain Wells talks about how so many times, like when people break up, people like people feel the need to. For whatever reason, they they see that time as if as a time to you know just let me just feel hurt. Let me really like he says it's okay to go through the grieving process, but he says often breakups are a very healthy process of the selection process of courtship. You know, yeah, and it, you know it doesn't do well. It doesn't do good for us to uh, criticize or denigrate the other person because he says that that's a way of running away from our reality. He says that bitterness is never the solution. And he says that pity parties are actually a way of hurting ourselves. And just like some people tend to dwell on, oh, what did I not do? Or, you know, what did I do? You know, Um, but he says that that's actually a way to keep your wounded feelings alive. And it's essentially it's just not helpful. Like, and I think that goes back to kind of I think it was Aristotle who said, if you don't know what is true, focus on what is helpful. And yeah, hmm. it Aristotle is, said that. Okay. Or I I don't know. Maybe I know it was that's Socrates. Kinda, that's yeah. a maxim in the mental health world, or, or maxim is the wrong word, but like, it's a common like mm-hmm. question to work with your clients. Like, you know, if they encounter some unpleasant idea, the question mm-hmm. is, is it true? And whether or not it's true, is it also helpful, to, it helpful? to think about it? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I mean, it might be total. Like a person might feel like, okay, yeah, it is true that someone broke up with me, but at the same time, I mean, you dwelling on everything that you did or did not do, I think sometimes it's like, it's just not even helpful, yeah. you know, so it's just best not to, I think it's it's really important for people to practice compassion, and that's another thing that Gawain Wells talks about. Yeah, yeah I think there's some science backing this stuff up too, like, so I, the stuff that I did read... it's good it's good uh, definitely did prepare yeah didn't read the article it was all about like brain science of breakups and stuff because I had heard this uh, I can't remember where I had heard this but um, some studies that talked about how like uh, they do these MRI functional MRI uh, scans on people's brains they did these scans on people's brains when they're in romantic love when they're and then different stages of when they're uh, after a breakup Mm. And um, and then they compared them to other fMRI studies of other people in other situations and stuff. And what they found was that the your brain uh, reacts uh, to a breakup about the same way it does to being uh, very hurt physically very badly, like a mm. broken bone or mm. being burned. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, which uh, makes it seem like your your brain really doesn't want you to break up. Um, and they say that it's also um, so when you're in a relationship. Uh, your brain's spitting out all these good chemicals, right? the dopamines or whatever, and the part of your brains that are that are uh, uh, active um, indicate that your 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 brain is rewarding you, and it's also uh, the part of your brain that is so does social judgment is less active, hmm. so that you can tend to it facilitates your being blind to your yes. partner's Interesting. defects. Wow. Interesting. Uh, which is, you know, I, can't, I, don't know, I was thinking of some song when I was reading this stuff, I'm trying to remember what it is, but it's, you know, like, um, you kind of feel like the person can do no wrong sometimes yeah. for a, a little bit when you're in this romantic, you know, butterfly mode kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then anyways, when you break up, you have this, like, super bad pain, you know, and it's like yeah. you're, you're, it's, 
it's tough. But I was thinking about this because um, you guys were talking about like, um, you know, people have a tendency to kind of stay in that. And uh, and some of the science behind that is that it's just similar to uh, addictions. You're you're mm. like addicted to the positive feeling, yeah. That you, and the ho- positive hormones and the dopamines and stuff that your brain is giving you, yeah. And when you go and, you, and you're when you're broken up with a person and you see their picture and you think about them, you drive by the places where you used to go mm-hmm. and you think about it. It feels kind of sad, but it also gives you some of these dopamines and stuff. Uh, it also there's actually like a a uh, biochemical thing going on where your body kind of likes that because it's like all yeah. right even it's similar like when you're in addiction like yeah you, the drug's not good for you but your brain thinks it wants it well, so you're thing. saying love I, is a drug well it's, a, I mean, it's I, like an i wonder about that interpretation though because like well it depends like if you keep driving by that house for months on end yeah that's an addiction um you know, if it's if it's something, it's just a well, phase that is temporary. Then, like, I think that's probably healthy. Yeah, I don't think it's they, a way to like ease yourself out of it. Sure, I don't think they were saying that. It's yeah. like, um, it's there's analogizing it to an addiction, saying it's similar. You know? Yeah, yeah. But they were kind of pointing yeah. out that like, if you want to move on faster, um, you it's you got to stop stop feeding your brain those dopamines. You yeah, know? you're still gonna think about the person. But if you, like, try to make a concerted effort, like, well, maybe I'm not going to, like, go look through all the pictures as much or not drive by all those places and stuff, then you might get past them faster, you know. Your brain brain might get off of the dopamines or whatever, you know, get off the hormones. You know, I think another strategy is also in in tandem with what you're saying, it's a – so it's – is what they use in emotional intelligence. And it's, like, whenever you're experiencing a very negative emotion – you just let that em- negative emotion kind of sit with you. You don't let it hi- like hijack your whole mental being, but you let your m- negative emotions sit with you. And it's almost as if you kind of like welcome them, welcome them into your lobby of subconscious, whatever that looks mm. like. Mm. And you just let them sit with you. And what you do is you tell them, okay, you could stay as long as you like, or you can leave whenever you'd like. But sometimes I think, so this is something behind emotional intelligence science. They, they say that when you try so hard to push your emotions away, yeah. you will find that those emotions keep, you know, surging back and into, into, they yeah. keep, you know, coming back into your life. And so sometimes it's just better to just allow yourself to just grieve with the process yeah. and, um, but also allow yourself to be compact, like just allow yourself to see yourself as a human. Like yeah. I am a human. I am going through this difficult time. You know, the the funny thing about feelings is I often they come and they go. You know, in Spanish, there's a, a different verb to be that we use with the verb with any sort of feeling, and it's oh, a really? temporary to be. Uh, and then oh, there's another course, to be. There's another to be that is a more permanent. Estar and ser. Uh huh. Yeah, and so anything that's with any type of yeah. emotion in Spanish is always used with a terminant with a temporary, uh, temporary yeah. Uh, yeah. verb of yeah. to be or yeah, yeah, helping verb of to be. So I think I don't know. I just think of emotions in that way. They come and they go. Um, and rejection, you know, it's life. 
you know. And you can't control your emotions directly. Like not not un- not directly. Yeah, not directly. Yeah. You can't, dot dot dot. Yeah, dot dot dot. You can't on yeah. demand like be. I'm gonna be happy now. Yeah. I think like talking about like the. Um, yeah, I, I like this conversation. Like, I think there's a difference between like letting ourselves feel the emotions naturally that we're feeling, and then kind of purposely maybe unintentionally to some extent, but extending how long those emotions last yes. for weeks and months and months Sure. as we, as we do things that don't probably, probably don't help us to move on. Yes. Good. It's good to not hide from the emotions, but also good to do other healthy things too. Exactly. And keep your life exactly. intact and, you know, exactly. So I, I think, um, we definitely want to talk about emotional intelligence. Something it's a topic I've said many times. We'll talk about someday, and we still will someday. But um, one of the one of the core elements of emotional intelligence is about managing your emotions, right? And you could say that, yeah, indulging those emotions or or ignoring them completely and just distracting you. Those are like those are attempts to manage your emotions. They're not probably sustainable and healthy ways. Um, but, um, you know, the, it's too easy. Emotions are an important part of being human. They serve a lot of important social and biological and psychological functions. Um, but um, one, of the ch- one of the challenges of being human, I think, is to learn how to manage them effectively rather than to be slave- enslaved by them. And you only need to go on Facebook or whatever social media, any social media to find so many examples of people being ruled by their emotions. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a saying like, mm-hmm. if you don't uh, heal from whatever, like cut you, then you're going to bleed on people who didn't cause it or something like oh, that. Right. Wow. And you see that all the time in the world. Um, um, yeah. And so I think like adapting our behaviors, um, you know, for in accordance with our emotions, that's that's a very important um, growth process for humans. Um, yeah, I think it's good to do things that are. Uh, sometimes people, well, so that's what uh, Gawain Wells says: is that you know, for whatever reason, sometimes people view this time of a really of a breakup to you know focus on all the things that they didn't do or that they did do. You know that that were right or wrong in the relationship. But he says, you know, it's a, actually, it's a very cruel way to treat ourselves. He says, you know, that it's really important to, you know, dig deep and to journal right. And to, he even says to find solace in God, even if you're really, really struggling with, because some relationships I think are going to be a little bit difficult, you know, to get over some situations and other situations might not be as difficult to get over someone but it's all going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. I definitely got uh, like a whole journal that's probably entirely dedicated to one girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, and see, After we broke up. See, and this and, uh, is... Oh, go ahead. complicated too because... Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Right? Where are you gonna... No, 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 finish. It was just complicated because... Um, uh, and all my friends in Arizona, they, they were going th- through this with me kind of thing. But, like, no, this was such a hard situation. Uh, I didn't actually want to break up with her. It's hard for me even to talk about this because a lot of people don't uh, get this and won't get it. Yeah. But I felt like I it wasn't right, um, even though I kind of wanted to keep going forward. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, to me this felt... 
like revelation and kind of thing and uh um but it was like i still wanted it and she still wanted it yep. kind of thing and it's just super hard you know yeah and um very hard but it was a time when i did feel like i drew closer to god i and i wouldn't i'm not sad that i went through that it yeah. certainly was challenging and yeah. um but yeah yeah see this is um this is the real stuff of life these these relationships um you know, dating and marriage are not incidental to our mortal experience. It's like an enormous part of what God wants us to experience here. This is me getting doctrinal, obviously. Yeah. But but like, um, it's not just a couple's relationship to fill, fulfill emotional needs, although it does have that component for sure. Um, you know, this is like the vehicle by which God helps us one of the one of the most it's not the only but it's one it's a significant component of god teaching us to become like him um and you know this is part of why i think ex- people's expectations are so um misguided or why there's a, a temptation to have our expectations way off is that it's a temptation to want everything perfect in a relationship and to expect that and um you know they're looking for an escape from the the troubles of mortality and the reality is no a good healthy relationship is going to be good and healthy but it's also going to have things that really stretch you and that's by design um and so yeah i think when things don't go well it's it's for sure something that the lord is willing to allow because um like it says in doctrine and covenants all these things shall give the experience and shall be for that good. And I think it's the same way with, with breakups. It, so yeah. it's with, with that way with relationships that don't work. And it's also that way with relationships that are in the process of working. Right? Yeah. When I think it's kind of like that attitude that Joseph B. Worthland said, come what may and love it, yeah. you know, which is really hard. Yeah. They just broke up with me. Love that, you know, but yeah. no, it's like really love it, you yeah. know, love love you know find joy in the journey yeah. it's not about dating is a platform it's not an end unto itself yeah. like you are not just here to yeah. put, to go on date after date after date yeah. with like you know it you're here to discover joy man is that they might that, that he might have joy you right. know like that is why you exist yeah. you're here to have joy and so go and seek it boldly you know yeah. and you know one of one of the most important features of of the gospel plan is that we're able to become different people, right? It's not like we're just the same people and we're given some assistance here and there to like weather, weather things, but then we remain fundamentally the same person. Again, that's not God's plan. That's not what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is about the power of the atonement changing people. Um, Mm -hmm. So they become different. So they become stronger. Uh, The new Testament, there's a lot of parables about, becoming profitable ser- about profitable and unprofitable servants and i like this because i'm into trading stock trading and investing and stuff but like and just business in general is interesting but um you know in a way god's kind of a businessman too he's in the business of uh, bringing to pass the immortality and eternal life of his children um and we're all our profitability in that process it's different for all of us right but we tend towards the unprofitable side that that he's only putting resources into us and we're not we're not bringing not necessarily bring much forth much fruit now obviously there's lots of people who you could say are profitable servants uh, you know uh, who have just advanced to the point where they're where they're bringing about so much good and they become such strong 
you know, godlike people. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. I'm rambling. I don't know though. I I'm feel like I, you know, I talked about this in a talk one time uh-huh. back in Arizona, and I called it like the parable of the unprofitable servant. I can't remember what it was, but it was like mm-hmm. if you were like a lender and you were like, look, because I think in that parable, like uh, you know, that part of the Book of Mormon that talks about King Benjamin, I think talks about the unprofitable servants. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, um, really, the only profitable servant is the savior in that. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how we're defining profitability. I mean, you look like if you define it in terms of just salvation, perfection, or like well, just never breaking any commandments. Then yeah, there's only Jesus. Yeah, just the ability to get back to God. Um, And so, if it was like uh, the lender saying, like, I'm going to lend out a bunch of money to this, I'm going to lend out money to this one guy who's going to make more profit than all the other people who are who are all just going to be a loss. Yeah. But but I think the principle is that God is trying to turn us into self-sufficient. Yeah, uh, yes, we become profitable who, down the road. Not that's in, right. Maybe not in this life, even. But, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. President Nelson. It depends on. I mean, he's he's needed the grace of of Christ, you know. Yeah. In the same way as everyone else, but yeah, at the same time, I look at his works now, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. He, yeah, that's true. He's a he's full on giver. He's not a taker, other than he needs to eat and sleep, you know, and yeah, you know, true. get some clothes dry cleaned every now and then. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're a little off topic, but it was yeah, good, a little good, bit. good tangent. Um no, but I think you're right. Like uh, you know, marriage to me and family life to me seems like the PhD program of life, you know. Yeah. It's like, sure, well, you don't have to enroll for a PhD program either, but you do experience growth and you become a, yeah. you know, a different more well-rounded person if you yeah. do kind of thing i'm not yeah. not saying everybody needs to get a phd but you know what i'm saying yeah. um yeah sure. you definitely are polished in different ways than you might mm-hmm. not have otherwise <clears throat> been you know yeah. if you had yeah. stayed single the rest of your life i yeah. think in the most important ways like uh so you know he knew used to talk about like he had some dream one time where cause he'd, he'd done really poorly in this math class and, uh, and he had some dream, and it seemed initially like it was a nightmare because he was like in heaven. They were like, "All right, now you got to learn that math." And Those learned. are the only kind of dreams I have about school <laughs> yeah, are exactly. nightmares. Yeah, me too. The dreams <laughs> or I, did, where, or like, I forgot to drop that class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I have those go on. Two. Or like getting called on a mission, and you're like, "What?" Getting called on a uh, second mission. Like, I have that. Uh, nightmare I have too. that one too. <laughs> so that, so then I focus on getting married. To, yeah, and I was on. like taking a faith, but anyways, like he nearly had this dream and. And they were like, oh, now you got to learn that calculus you never figured out. And he was like, oh, great. And he was all worried about it. But then it was like he just understood it like super fast. It was like super easy. And uh, and then he woke up from this dream. And he and he said after that, like when the scriptures talk about intelligence, you know, like we're, we're, uh, like we're here to like gain intelligence. And the more intelligence you gain in this life, the more so much more of the advantage you have in the life to come kind of thing. He always interpreted that to, to be um, not like, book smart intelligence but to be like learning how to repent and how to forgive yeah like the character stuff that's mm-hmm. the stuff that you have to learn yeah. by experience yeah well and can i say something else it reminds me of the uh i think it's a, i think it's in the sermon on the mount where jesus said something like unto him that hath shall be given more on mm-hmm. that which yeah uh, more and unto him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he doth yeah. have or whatever um but i think that's a very interesting yeah kind of concept that you know that we don't want to believe like we want to we want to continue growing like whether it's whether it's like you know 
we're going to learn, we're going to continue growing in, in learning about relationships, learning about ourselves, learning. The people who are learning are always, always learning, you know, and yeah. then the people that just don't want to learn, they just stay like re- really stagnant, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon like that that happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it like even the people, you know, there's some people that are just always going on dates and then some people that are just never going on dates. And I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, your mindset and the type of person that you are, you know, I some think, of it. A lot I of think it. some of it has to do with that, you know, uh, I think it's a little bit easier to date if you actually do like yourself and if you're not fighting For yourself, sure. you know, but some For people, sure. and you, you know, have, healthy have been habits. fighting, yeah. some people have been fighting themselves their whole entire That's life, right. you know? That's right. Yeah. The good insights, we should keep going. Um, okay. So... Next one. <laughs> In the remaining 20 minutes. Uh, why do some people... Okay, we'll keep this one short. Why do some people feel blindsided when they're told by their partner that they want to break up? Sure. Well, so I think I talked a little bit about this earlier when uh-huh. I was talking about how your, yeah. your brain right. your brain wants you to stay in that relationship. And so in order to facilitate that, um, it it helps you be blind to their faults. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, less judgmental and stuff about yeah. that. So I think that's a biological component for sure. I also sure. think there's some just straightforward people and social skill problems, uh, relationship skill problems, really. Like, mm-hmm. you know, lack of communication, lack of empathy, which actually when we're talking about emotional intelligence, um, one of the categories involves empathy and like knowing how to what you can do to manage the emotions of others. So that em- empathy is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, communication, understanding the other person, uh, effectively resolving problems. As opposed, to, as opposed to just avoiding conflict. Um, yeah. I mean, I actually think of divorce when I think of this. And sometimes from personal experience, not in my own life, but in the life of, lives of those I'm close to. Actually, yeah, in my own life too. Like, where I'm blindsided by people's divorce decisions. Obviously not my own marriage, but... Um, but you're blindsided by them, but maybe they yeah, aren't, Yeah, it's right? like, you know? at least being, I mean, yeah. I, I think divorces tend to be preventable. It's not necessarily right. something both people are willing to put forth the effort to prevent, but um, but I think generally they're preventable. Um, sure. They, um, they shouldn't always be prevented, but, but let, let me just finish my thought. Yeah. Like... Um, you know, typically there's some sort of hidden dysfunctions in the relationship that have been eroding that relationship for a long time. And and they tend to be things like effective communication, you know, uh, working through conflict and understanding the other person, I, I think. Go ahead, Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say that one of the coping mechanisms that I think we do, and even the stuff that I was reading about, like the brain science was saying, this is can be a good thing. Like, that after you, when you're in a, during a breakup or whatever, after the breakup has occurred, that one of the things that can help you to get through it faster is just to try to think logically and like think through like, well, what are some of the reasons why this maybe wouldn't be the best relationship? You know? Yeah. I think we tend to do that. I I think you see that sometimes in divorces too. After the fact, we're like, well, this is why it was really bad. You know. Yeah. And to some extent, maybe that helps us cope with the pain of the the breakup. You know, that like, well, For sure. here's all like, the bad stuff about like, it. Oh, you know? phew. This, this breakup was not bullet, all bad. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullet, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And I know I did that one time. There was this person that was like, "Wait, 
Remember, he's really hot, Viv, but he's also really crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought the same thing about women. She's really hot. She's crazy, but she's very hot. (laughs) I'm glad it didn't work out, except for the hotness part. (laughs) But overall, glad. Right, we just have those aren't, <laughs> yeah. those aren't uh, yeah. mutually exclusive. Um, can we yeah. move on? Oh, go on. We can go ahead. Okay, so he talks a lot in there, and this is why I think it was kind of kind of misnamed. But he talks a lot about these common like pitfalls um, in our relationships. I just listed a few here, um, but he talks about you know, and basically these are things that like, hey, you need to avoid these things. Uh, and you definitely don't want to get married, commit to someone where these are you know, active in your relationship because that's, you're setting yourself up for disaster there. But things like uh, manipulating the other person, you know, so, to, so you can feel more secure in the relationship. Um, if you are being manipulated, you might recognize it by a feeling of heaviness and undue obligation that's been placed on you. Um, I've experienced that. Um, I'm sure I have caused that as well in the past, but but I've also experienced it in recent memory. Um, you know, and again, if that's something you're experiencing, that's something you need to talk about in the relationship. Don't, don't just pretend it's not there. Um, okay. He also talks about the motives. Um, you know, you want to have the right motives. If it's, if it's to get back at someone, you know, if it's a rebound relationship, that might not be a good idea. You know, if it's, um, yeah, to prove to the other person, I'm still fundamentally lovable. That's, you know, that might be not a good motivation. You know, if it's, to to compensate for your own weaknesses and utter loneliness. Well, the loneliness part I get, <laughs> and and relationships do help combat loneliness. But you need to also make sure you like the person and they're a good person for you, <laughs> right? It can't just be a band aid solution to some fundamental existential crisis about your place in the world. And yeah, anyway, you have no, something to say. I was going to add. Uh, you were talking about how. It's so important uh, that that relationship isn't forced and that yeah. or and that you're not, you know, being revengeful. You know, he yeah. one of the things that I was thinking about, is like it's so important. You shouldn't be upset at another person because they don't see your value. You know, if they don't yeah. see, you know, all the ways that you can contribute to the relationship, you shouldn't be upset about that. And it's like, it's not your yeah. job to make them see yeah, what they should have seen. Right. And and I think, especially if we feel we have no other options, I think this is one of those like satanic lies that causes a lot of pain. It has for me and until recent years when I've been better about combating it. But like the sense of despair. Okay. At least for me, this has been a common hang up that makes me bad at breakups is that uh, I feel like this is the one and only, even though I know rationally yeah. there's no one and only, there is but no I feel like only. this is, it's going to be so hard for me to find someone this good that like I'm clinging on, clinging on to it. And, yeah. um, um, you know, and, 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 and this underlying dread that like, if this doesn't work out, what am I going to do? Yeah. It's hopeless, you know? Um, but I think if you perceive there are other opportunities, um, that, that you are able be. and willing to pursue, that helps a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> to, I think it's healthy not to put yeah. people on a pedestal, but also don't, don't you know, everyone is a human. You're all mortals. Yeah. You're all going to, you know, it's like yeah. the scripture in the Bible, in the Book of Mormon. Well, it's actually in the Bible as well. Mm. It says, who art thou that thou shouldst fear man who should die? You know, like you shouldn't mm. be 
you, you shouldn't think so highly. You sh- uh, you'd be afraid of another human being. You know, you should fear God because he's immortal. Um, but you shouldn't be afraid of another man or another woman, you know, or another person because they're just as mortal as you are. They, mm. you know, they, uh, you know, barf and, you know, <laughs> you know, they go to the bathroom. Potty humor. And Potty they, comment by They Bibiana. do all sorts of things that you do. You know, like they're not fundamentally better. Comento de baño. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but uh, yes. Yeah. Por, por, por Viviana. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, by Viviana. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I think that, um, yeah, it's, I can relate to that feeling too when you're going through a breakup and you're like, man, who am I going to there's some some of this is like reality too because it is true that we we grieve we grieve and yeah and, and it's, it's, okay. it's not like uh it's not like we're getting more and more options the older we get like in generally i would say our options are narrowing to some extent and our our probably if you just just straight up probability your likelihood of getting married decreases as you get older and um so it's not like that it's not like those are all untruths necessarily, but it's un. I would say, like in our in our religious beliefs, right? We believe that like God isn't. We're all guaranteed all the blessings if we're obedient, you know, and that means that we'll all live in family life uh, if we're obedient and we want that. Yeah. At some point, and for some people that is going to happen in this life, and some people it isn't. Yeah. And um, we can certainly hang on to God's promises like he keeps all his promises but he doesn't deliver them on known timelines sure you know and it's it's on his timeline and and it's also true that like um you know the so you know if if I'm going through a breakup and I had like some amazing connection with some woman and um but there were also bad things about the relationship there were things that weren't didn't weren't that great you know um you know the next person I date Maybe those things are, maybe those same issues aren't there, but the same feelings of super butterflies aren't there either kind yeah. of thing. It's not, I kind of like you say, like you can't, I've talked about this in another podcast, but like, I, like I, where I feel like I kind of, in my mind, I have this hybrid person who has all the great qualities of everyone I've sure. dated. Oh, wow. So, which is bad, I think. Definitely don't exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like going so. back to King Benjamin. He says, don't run faster than you have strength, you know, like, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're like, okay, I want to get married. And if, you know, if you're like, oh, this is an amazing person, a superhuman, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, I can't let this one go. <laughs> but, you know, you do. And, and then, and that's okay to grieve. And you go through that. But really and truly, like, I, I don't think that God does things in a pressured, it's not like, oh, you have to get married, like, right this second. If not, it's the end of the world. And know? I'm going <laughs> to send you all this anxiety, because that's how I work, says God. Yeah, nope. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. nope. He does not exactly. say that. Yeah. I'm going to send you yeah, dis, uh, intense discomfort and anxiety and negative thoughts. Um, I sure, mean, there I are will, some cases where that happens. Yeah, I'll put a copy on very, here. very specific, I think. Yeah, pretty rare, I think, in my personal But sometimes life, but... you're right. It, sometimes it, it could be the case that you know, you do have to marry that person right away, you know. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably pretty rare. I don't know, but pretty may- rare. But maybe. But I, I will say, like, um, it is true that you can mistake uh, anxiety for revelation. But for yes. sure, when, when, But in my case, like, I only feel like in, like, 
two dating relationships ever did I feel like I got any kind of guidance and those were stop signs. And I never I never really felt like I got and those stop signs was primarily not in the physiological experience of anxiety. I'm it guessing. was a lack of in in one case though, it took me a long time to figure it out because I wasn't sure if yeah. it was that or something else. And I even yeah. thought like because what I felt in the end what I determined what I felt was a lack of peace. Yep. But what at the time that it's it was hard for me to understand what exactly that was. And I remember even yeah. talking to a bishop about it and being like, I don't know what I'm feeling and you know, he was saying like, Well just make sure you can have the spirit with you and you'll figure it out and yeah. And it took me a long time. You know, yeah. I feel like it took, well, I mean, at least I, it took several weeks in, yeah. of feeling this. And then and then eventually I was like in an institute class and the lesson was about peace. And then it was very clear to me, like, hmm. that's what I'm not feeling yeah. right now. Wow. And then I turned around and, and, I, and I talked to her and was like, hey. I, she yeah, was in I that same class? No. Oh, okay. oh. No. <laughs> that would have been even no, perfect. But I went to her house after yeah. that class that night. Yeah. And I was, I was like, hey, I, I got to break up. Like, I just feel like that's what I'm feeling is like a piece. I had told her I was having these feelings. I didn't know what they were. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, there was a total flood of peace for like several uh, days. Yeah. At least. But it's hard for me because even some of my good friends like didn't believe that and didn't yeah. get it. And they That just makes were, like, total you know, sense. Yeah. yeah so. Well, good, good story. We need to hit a few more points in the remaining time. Sure. Um, but, but just overall, like I think having healthy motives is a prerequisite to having an honest uh, relationship where where you treat each other fairly, right? Yeah. Um, dishonesty makes it very, it makes it impossible, really, to be fair to each other. Sure. Fair and kind, you know. Um, okay. Um, so along the lines of what you're saying, though, I think one of the other pitfalls he talks about is misinterpreting spiritual guidance. Uh, where people might mistake emotion for inspiration, you know, or or they can't even receive inspiration because the emotions are too strong. And what they want um, is more important to them than any outside, you know, message. So they um, put God's, they put words in God's mouth. Yes, that's right. That's yeah, yeah, extrapolating um, that the Lord has promised specific big things when in reality he's maybe maybe simply indicated. Um, approval for the potential of a relationship. Yeah. I think it's common. You hear that with, with some people who've been divorced where they feel very disillusioned because they're like, I, f- I felt what I thought was the Lord's approval for this marriage and it didn't work out. When, when I can guarantee you the Lord did not tell them explicitly, thou shalt marry this person. It shall all work out perfectly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> regardless of what you and him do or you and her do. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't say that. What um, I think you're forgetting. It's big, probably what they hoped yeah. he, is, he was saying. The big part of that is, and the big part of the battle in, in heaven before we came to this earth that we believe was over agency. Yep. And it's like, this is how important agency is because yep. if we don't have our agency, then we yep. can't act like, God didn't, you know, yeah, maybe God said, yes, you can marry that person. And yes, yeah. it has a potential. Yeah. But he's not, he's not saying, he might not be saying like, yes, you're going to stay for, married forever. Like yeah. you still have to put in your work, yeah. you know, you still have to, yeah. you know, you can't, you reap what you sow, you know. Yeah. And see, and this is part of why, this is part of what explains Paul's and my differences on some of these issues is our biases are different because I'm leaning more towards the side of. We have agency. We have control over our circumstances. Not complete control. I would never say that. But whereas Paul uh, believes more of the external influences, you know. And again, uh, neither is completely yeah, true. Yeah, I don't think I actually believe oh, okay. that. Okay. Well, I think I, um, 
you you brought that up. I yeah. I I think what I just I just don't like unsolicited advice much. And so I sure. so when when people bring things up, I think I tend to kick against them even sure, if I'm sure. saying things I don't necessarily yeah. believe. Yeah. I do the same thing with with our one of our yeah. roommates. Um um but where yeah, no, you talked anyway, about like I, I, internal I, I just I just believe stuff. like even if our chances are getting worse for, for example, you know, like we still uh, we don't need to curl up and die from that. There's things we can do. Oh, but, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, that's that's right. I think I would I would um, sure, but you probably don't disagree with my points either. Do you, I don't. I don't, and I don't really yeah. disagree with your points either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, yeah. So. Anyway, um, okay. And then another pitfall. There's probably others you mentioned, but uh, he's talked about allowing physical attraction to crowd out the working of this is my words, but <laughs> allowing physical attraction to crowd out the workings of the practical, rational brain, <laughs> you know, which well, is, well, when you were talking earlier about like getting things that you think are revelation, you know, president Packer used to call something inspiration. inspiration? <laughs> when something we wanted, that's not righteous. I, I think, think so. Yeah. He's that, like that, that is, that's a great or, term. You know, a, um, I had a state president who called it, uh, Hormonal revelation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My. Uh, he said hormonal revelation is not revelation. Is yeah. what he said. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. My friend Stella. You know. You met Stella. Yeah. Um, Stella said something like, "You know, if God only ever told me things that I to t- told me to do things that I already wanted to do, uh, I would think that God is a figment of my imagination." <laughs> yeah. Because it's a very convenient God. You know. Th- that's that true. Tells it, you all the things that you want to hear and doesn't there, rock the boat. And, there's. Some the of the most faith-promoting experiences are ones where it's it's something that you're like, I'm not creating this. I I don't want this. Like yeah, you know, we're we're here to receive, um, you know, a message that you don't want, you know. And God's, assuming you don't have schizophrenia. Yeah, sir. And God's notoriously like the eleventh hour, fourth watch, God kind of thing too. You know, where it's like, yeah, it's important for you to go through hard things. You know? Yeah. And yeah. to be delivered yeah. and when he is ready to deliver. Yeah, when, and when you've really struggled with it. Yeah. You know. Anyway, very good points. I uh, just want to hit some others before we run out of time. Um, oh, <laughs> this, oh. Go ahead. Okay, so Viviana had this question about what's the best way to let someone down kindly. I think this is very important. As a man, I suck at this. And I know many women who suck at this too. Um <laughs> Yeah, because as a man, when I when I want to cut ties with someone, and and if any of them are listening to this, I'm very sorry, <laughs> and, and I I recognize the error in my ways, but I'll I will I, you know I talk about ghosting sometimes like I'm the victim, but I've definitely been the ghoster, and I think in general men are more likely when a relationship breaks down, they're more likely to stonewall and just stop communicating. And that's often what I've done. It's not a good way to break up. You got to have an honest conversation. Um, you know, and, and as well as what, where I failed is like on follow-up conversations where maybe they reached out about something and I just didn't give them enough time and attention when I, it, when that's not very kind, you know? Um, um, but the, on the other side, it's also not kind to not say no when you're not interested. And this is more common among women. I'm con- I'm convinced. Um, so Dr. G- Gawain uh, Wells states that sometimes it's better that two people simply not get married. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a really interesting And again, this comment. is talking about in the framework where, where dating, dating, dating actually marriage. has the, and, and 
it's kind of different. Now we're predating yeah. to date. We're pre- <laughs> <laughs> All right. But go Pre-approval. on. Pre-approval. Yes, exactly. Go on. Uh, no, but I mean, it's a variation still of the same yes. kind of process. Um, That's right. But you could. But it's, 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 it's oftentimes it's, fine for two people to not date. Yeah, yeah. And he says that, you know what? That's sometimes the kindest thing that you could do and is just say, you know what, I don't really see this going anywhere yeah. or, or, you know, it's just because, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, what's the alternative? You like, you ghost the person and, you know, that person might be upset at you. I'm not saying that you should do things to win other people's approval, but you want to do things that he, he like he says, like uh, Dr. Gwen says that you, you should uh, show compassion, you know, mm. it should never be love one another does not apply, you know, to every other situation minus a dating situation. No, it applies in every situation. Yeah. You should always love one another and you should always, you know, treat everyone like they're your brothers and sisters. Cause we really do believe that they're your brothers and sisters that you might want to marry yeah. or not might, yeah. might not want to marry, but it, you know, it's important to be kind. That's the point. Yes. And, and I just want to add, I, I have also been rejected very well by some some women yeah like yeah same um, here yeah but you know what yeah. i also think that i mean would you really the alternative is like would you really want to continue dating someone that didn't want to continue dating you and the reality is that most people would not want to you know yeah. why would you want to date someone who wants you know who but, you want them to date you out of their own volition but they don't want to date you but see you the know? warped mind can take that and say of course i want them to like me so i'm not giving up on this i'm gonna like Try to manipulate them and change yeah, them into yeah. liking me, right? And uh, well, yeah, and yeah. I, the other thing too is like we're we're sometimes notoriously good at holding out hope, you know, yes. when it's something that we really want bad. And yes, I would guess that when you when you guys talk about your uh, being rejected well, I've been rejected well also, and and um, I would say the times when I've been rejected well, it's been very direct. And, yes, and that's yeah. what's well about it because they're yes. just so clear and honest about it. Then I'm yeah. okay. But but not rude. Not rude, but um, just direct and honest and yeah. brief. And um, I mean, not like not like they're giving like all kinds of details. Like, well, here's all the things that yes. I don't like about you. Sometimes I've I've but, wanted those. Yeah, I mean, sir. I usually do. But, but, but you know what? Let that go. But, I recognize I need to let that go. But it's like really and Sorry, truly. Okay. I mean, if you want all the details, then. I, it's sometimes not it's not healthy. healthy. I think sometimes exactly. it's not healthy. It's, to it's get not all the helpful. It might be true, but it's not helpful. Well, I don't know though. Well, it because depends on whether it's things yeah. they can change. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that's why I want to. Well, but even I don't if, know. But what if it's something that you can't change? Yeah. If it's At like least it I just don't like know, your face. Right? It's like okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't need to. I've been rejected <laughs> by two girls because of my height, and it's not like I can change my height, but. I guess at least it helps me to see like, well, that bothers more girls than not, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was gonna say that even though normally I, I don't, I don't usually, I'm not usually an advocate of like, here are the reasons why. But but you can still be direct and honest and say like, look, just I'm just honestly, I'm yes. just not feeling it. Exactly. And and I do think that's much kinder. Yes. Than. Then being nice not and being, not yes, being nice subject and, and hoping that giving they get half-hearted it. Uh, responses. Right, you know? but guys do that too. I, yes, I've, and I yeah. and I'm guilty of that. It's it's hard because um, uh, in some, okay, here's the thing. You know, we've talked about this a little bit before on a podcast. And I remember though, because you know, some t- occasionally there's been a girl who's like kind of asked me out, but I'm not really sure if it's like a date. <laughs> 
<laughs> because they're kind of vague and even, yeah. you know, that. And so sometimes in that kind of situation, if I know I don't like the girl, I'll just say, you know, there's someone I'm interested in right now. I'm kind of pursuing. Yeah. So I'm not really available. Which is a. Which is kind of, it's, it's not all the way there. But, it's a but, bit of a, and, and it's understandable. The problem is that, like, I don't know if they're saying that they're interested in me. And so I don't want to, like, put them on the spot and say, like, I'm not really interested in you. You're and, like, and I wasn't interested like, in you. Just, oh, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, get off your high horse. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I have done that. And then have girls come back and kind of bite me about that yeah. and be like, I just thought yeah. you, you know. But, um, well. But I think that's yeah. where, uh, that's where loving yourself, like if you're just a person, if you just love yourself and you believe in your worthiness and ability to receive love, you're not going to be so concerned with, you know, oh, well, what if I'm going to hurt someone else's feelings? No, because you're going to be a little bit more direct. And I think also if you are rejected because you just believe in your uh, wholeheartedness, you believe in your complete worthiness of love. You know, you just don't, um, you don't feel the need to kind of uh, justify the relationship. You just kind of see it as like, well, I'm a red M&M and he obviously <laughs> likes brown M&Ms, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, w- really, what's the, op- what's the opposite? What's the cost, you know, of you, like, like uh, do- uh, Dr. Gawain Wells says, he says, you know, it's not even healthy, not at all. To go through all the things that you did or you didn't do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. During the relationship. It's just not helpful. It's not. My friend, yeah, my friend Mark was really, when I was going through that really painful breakup in Phoenix, I did it the very worst wrong way in terms of hanging on, man. And I just kept, because partly too, because I felt like, well, God told me to kind of. That's exactly what he says. He says sometimes it's better uh, to just completely part ways and not be friends. That would have been better. Um, I kind of tried. That's why you should have read the article. (laughs) Oh, okay, go on. It wouldn't have helped me. We've already teased him about that 10 10 years ago. Uh, But it could have read it 10 years ago because it's so old. Uh, (laughs) Go on. um, Go on. but it's hard for me to not hang on and think like, well, okay, well, ma- well, maybe there was a problem, God, and maybe if that problem gets fixed, then maybe it's okay, right? Yeah, or, you know, because there's so many unknowns, and, and that's yeah. a reasonable and, question, right? right. When, mm-hmm. Sure, I felt like in that situation, God was very patient in all of that. Like it yeah. wasn't. I felt mm-hmm. like I could always come back and ask that because is that still the answer, or is there anything different, kind of thing? And I felt like that was okay, but um, but I also feel like. I could contrast my reaction with my friend Mark, who is who also went through a breakup at about the same time, and and now he just like just severed ties totally entirely, and just got over a lot faster. You yeah, know? and for me yeah. it took me a long time. Yeah, you know to hold on. It, yeah. yeah, and I think it's I don't know. I think it's a process. It's going to be different with every relationship. Uh, you know, it depends. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, speculation that you know relationships are a lot like a you know they're an emotional bond in the same way that you know you emotionally bond with a parent or Mm -hmm. you know i don't know i i don't know all the answers to that but maybe one day we'll know all of the answers to why you know a breakup was supposed to happen or why a breakup was not supposed to happen you know yeah i think that's fair well and i suspect most of god's answer will be it was an agency issue. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it obvious? Like I didn't, 
I didn't have a dog in that fight. My whole ex- my my whole intention for you guys down there was to learn to use your agency, make choices. You yeah, know? I think most of the I time that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, do we have any final thoughts? I, ha- I have some. Go. Okay, Go so as, as far as like getting over relationships, uh, like I said, I'm not perfect, but I have definitely gotten better from the past about this. And for me, a lot of being able to move on, um, I- I've been able to get better by learning how to man- manage my emotional pain, not as a helpless victim who feels he has no other hopes and therefore it's got to be this or I'm doomed Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to go cry in the corner and get depressed. Um, Okay, so rather than that, uh, learning to be more of an agent who God is to whom God has given power uh, and choice and accountability, uh, who who is capable of altering the course of my life through what I choose Mm -hmm. to do and think. Uh, that's been immensely helpful for me in just uh, feeling more hopeful, um, being less thin-skinned, being able to get over not just like dating rejections, although they still suck, especially if I'm really interested in the girl, you know, they still suck. But um, it's not as uh, debilitating um, and, and even mm-hmm. painful as it used to be for me. Um, um, so, you know, that that's why I really think you know, faith and agency and accountability. Um, to me, these seems like seem like the lessons that are uh, we can't help, but well, we can fail to learn them in the dating process. <laughs> but God wants us to learn them. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think He's un generally unwilling to give a person some freebie, wonderful marriage or relationship when when they still. Um, don't take responsibility for things in their life, for instance, you know, if they're entitled. Um, I think God is wary to give them a big blessing that's just going to make them more entrenched in that. Anyway, that's my final yeah. thought. Agency, accountability. Uh, my final thought about breakups is uh, I think it's really important to have self-compassion, compa- mm. uh, just compassion, period. Compassion mm. for yourself, compassion yeah. for the other partner. Uh, see them as human beings, yeah. you know, really wish them the best, leave them in love. That's what a friend of mine said this week. And I was like, wow, I'd really like that. Leave them in love, you know, uh, practice self-love and self-care, you know, even, you know, allow those feelings that are negative, allow them to sit with you, but don't, you don't, it doesn't mean you have to pay attention to them. Go out and do something. Yeah. Like you said, use your agency, yeah. uh, you know, develop a talent, go out there. If there's something, use this opportunity to do something different. If you've realized like, okay, I've gotten behind on my scripture study or I've gotten behind on, you know, this one talent or this one or, thing or that I want to cultivate. I'm not getting enough exercise. Enough I, exercise, you know, whatever I'm, it is. Like use yeah. that time to, to you know, make yourself yeah. – the best version of yourself, but love yourself and love the people around you because that is a mandate. Love one another. It's true. Okay, my final thoughts are, um, I agree with the statement, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never lost at all. I, I think that's never accurate. Never loved at all. Than to have never loved at all, yeah. yeah. Um, that none of our experience is wasted and going yeah. through a breakup is not wasted experience. If nothing else gives you empathy towards other people who go through breakups and yeah. hard things. Um, when I was going through one of my first hard breakups, I remember my sister-in-law telling me about one of her breakups and how just, you know, at some point she just remembered having a day where she just naturally didn't think of the person. It just happened naturally. And uh, that's kind of been my experience too, you know. Time does heal all wounds. Well, it helps. 
helps you to forget them. A lot of times, a lot of times it helps. Um, You know, it's just you're naturally going through the process. But it's definitely possible to to lose love and then to love again. It's always possible to love again. Yeah, that's my final thought. Yeah, good thoughts. Good thoughts, guys. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. uh, Adios. (laughs) I love how she said that so cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> Since Bryce, as we know, is never cheesy. Anyway, never. Okay, anyway. I did yeah. it for you. Oh, Bryce. thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Take yes, care. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. Thank you.